The power of storytelling has become recognized as a foundation skill for all leaders, from those heading up teams, CEOs, politicians, to the most popular academics who have students flocking to their lectures. Storytelling transforms what might otherwise be mundane facts into an engagement with the hearts and minds of the listeners. This creates stronger memory and increases motivation. So it's no wonder that those who are not natural storytellers make the effort to learn the art. I love storytelling. First of all, I have lots of stories to share. And secondly, I know how much more effectively messages land when you use this technique. The benefits are not limited to storytelling ability alone. There is a wealth of knowledge, insights and material waiting for the listener. All you need is a good dose of curiosity and a bit of time to allow people to tell you their stories and you, in turn, will find material that is fresh, authentic and entertaining to then add texture to your future stories. So regardless of what you are reading, listening to or watching, Make sure your storytelling radar is on to see if there are any gems that resonate with you and can help you enrich the message that you want to get across. I invite you to listen into this podcast where I will be illustrating how I've applied the skill. You may recognize the story because I've used a few examples previously. It's the story of Alice in Wonderland. And I'll be using extracts to unpack some of the challenges that women, in particular, face in the workplace. However, the analogies apply to everyone trying to build a career. Welcome to The Art of the Suit. I am Dawn Klatsko, Brand Builder Coach. My podcasts aim to share insights, promote thought, and share tools to help you build your brand. Charles Dodgson's story of Alice in Wonderland provides wonderful material for dramatizing the reality of women entering the C-suite. The story was written under his pseudonym of Lewis Carroll in 1865, a time when women didn't even have the right to vote. Alice in Wonderland has never been out of print and has been translated into over 170 languages. It's been studied and interpreted by academics specializing in a wide variety of disciplines, from literature to psychology. My interpretation looks at the story through a different lens. The lens seeking strategies to help you up the ladder of success. In the story, Alice is determined to reach the same secret garden that so many of the characters in her dream are pursuing. And this is where the analogy between your ideal career aspiration and the character's goal of reaching the secret garden begins. When we set out to reach our desired destination, very often access seems impossible. You just can't get your hands on the right tools. And then once you arrive, you often find a different reality. At that point, you need to decide Do you stay 
or do you begin again and pursue a different dream? Does this sound like your career path story? Let me share some of Alice's adventures and hopefully you will benefit from the insights. The story begins with Alice sitting at the riverside in the summer sun, listening to a story being told by her sister. She dozes off and we are taken into her strange dream, filled with animals who've taken on human characteristics. The first of the characters is a very handsome, well-dressed rabbit that comes dashing past. She tries to stop him to find out where he's rushing, but instead he pulls out his pocket watch and keeps on running, shouting out that he's very, very late for a very important date. So she chases blindly after him, hoping to attend the same important date. This takes her straight down a rabbit hole. Eventually, she lands with a bump in a long hall filled with mirrors and doors, and where she can hardly move because she's so much larger than the rabbit and doesn't fit. Can you see the analogy that I'm heading for here? How many times do we go rushing down rabbit holes, blindly following those who seem to be so successful and very clear of their destination, which must hold reward because surely that's why so many people are rushing towards it. And yet we don't know enough about the insanity that may be waiting for us or if the fit will be right. In the insanity of the current world of work, so many people are being forced into finding new jobs or having to pivot into different ways of working. So the temptation is to be distracted by the first apparent solution that comes rushing past. To avoid being taken down a rabbit hole, stick a note on your wall or change your screensaver to read, rewind, review, reset. Do your research. Make sure you understand the destination. Check out the rabbit's credentials and whether it's reality or smoke and mirrors before you follow. Alice landing up squished in the hallway made me think of another dynamic in the workplace, relating more to women and in particular women of colour, the glass ceiling. I advocate that the good news about the glass ceiling is that it's transparent, so at least you can see what you're going after. But you need to strategize about how you are going to achieve the goal and be prepared for surprises along the way. Throughout the story, Alice often feels like she doesn't fit. She's either too big or too small for the space she's in. Of course, there are always choices to make. And in each situation, she finds something with the instruction of eat me or drink me that makes her grow or shrink. To get out of the Hall of Mirrors, she had to shrink down to get through a little door leading to the enchanted garden. She shrinks down to size, only to realize that she left the key to the door on the table, which she now can't reach. In sheer frustration, she bursts into tears, and in fact cries so much that she's soon surrounded in a sea of tears, as the saying goes, that pushes the door open and she's swept along. As she bobs along, she meets a mouse that keeps her company until they get to shore. At a point in the story, she actually scares off a newfound friend 
when she shares stories of a cat called Dinah. In fact, it scares off a whole lot of other animals and sees her left all alone again. There were a few excellent reminders of past lessons for me here. Besides the fact that I'm not an attractive crier, which discourages me from doing so, you can always find an ally or supporter, even in the most dire of times, to help you make the journey a lot easier. And sometimes it's the little guy. So never underestimate where help may be coming from. And yet so often we soon forget the little guy, and the next time they pop up when you're having a tough time, they might not be so willing to help, which, coincidentally, was Alice's experience. She then meets the white rabbit again, who mistakes her for a servant and sends her off to fetch his things to his house. Once in, Alice drinks an unmarked bottle of liquid and grows to the full size of the room. The white rabbit returns home, fuming at the now giant Alice but she swats him and his animal staff away with her giant hand. The animals outside try to get her out of the house by throwing rocks at her, which magically turn into cakes as they land. Alice eats one of them and shrinks down to size once again. I did say that this occurs regularly throughout the story. This chapter brings to mind two obstacles that we often encounter at work. One relates to gender bias and stereotyping, and the other to the demands of transitioning into a leadership role. Let's begin with the former, when the white rabbit automatically perceived Alice as his servant. A frequent frustration voiced by women on their way up the ladder is that their male counterparts often promote themselves as the strategic thinkers and reference their female counterparts as the doers. What do I mean? I have so often heard men justifying the lack of promotion of a woman as being because she's really good at the detail and implementation, whereas he promotes himself as being more of a big picture thinker and couldn't be bothered with the detail. Rubbish. This is a cop-out to avoid the sweat and hard work. By all means, keep your focus on the big picture. But don't hold someone back who's being choked by the dirty work and not being given the support or opportunity to grow with the excuse of admin excellence. If you do this, the long-suffering and frustrated gem will move on and make another crown shine. And women need to take a stance. Don't accept the supportive servant role because you find comfort in process. Be brave. Push for promotion, demonstrate your thinking capability and get ready for the challenges of stepping up to the leadership role, which is the second dynamic that I mentioned. As you prepare for the transition, understand that you're stepping into the spotlight and that success does attract attention. All eyes will be watching and ready to throw rocks at the first sign of you being a threat. You need to adjust your mental attitude and understand why they're not celebrating your promotion as enthusiastically as you are. My advice, don't try and fill the room. Leave space for others, in particular for your fellow female colleagues. Let the rocks be seen as cake, 
but don't overindulge. Gluttony is never attractive. Talking about gluttony, I found it very interesting that the catalysts in the story were often food or drink. It got particularly interesting when Alice came across a caterpillar sitting on a huge mushroom, smoking a hookah, a water pipe. They get into an argument, but before the caterpillar crawls away in disgust, he tells her that if she eats different parts of the mushroom, she will either shrink or grow. Surprise, surprise. This dredged up memories of my days in the ad industry, where the extreme pressure of facing a blank canvas every day of the year created such extreme pressure on creative talent that drug abuse as an energy and creative thinking stimulus became a common indulgence. Sadly, in many cases, with such detrimental impact that I lost several good friends who'd had incredible talent and future promise. The story made me realize that this is not a new phenomenon, but rather one that has been around for centuries. And with the unprecedented levels of stress today, the temptation to default to chemical relief is even greater. For Alice, the part of the magic mushroom she ate made her neck grow so long that her head stuck out above the trees and was attacked by a pigeon who thought she was a serpent going after the pigeon's eggs. You really want to keep your head on your shoulders, so rather bolster yourself through a healthy diet, exercise, meditation, sleep, and spend time with friends that can make you laugh. Of course, she eats another part of the mushroom and returns to normal size. Pretty much the roller coaster of life that we all experience. Her adventures become even more bizarre, in particular when she starts interacting with royalty, including a duchess, a queen, and her army of knaves. Another interesting character is the Cheshire Cat, who appears and disappears throughout the story. He has a wonderful toothy grin, and in my mind, he's like a mentor to Alice. He obviously has a lot of knowledge and he confirms for Alice that everyone in Wonderland is mad, including her. Besides this reality check, he gives her directions to get to the March Hare's tea party, and then, as she's ready to ask more questions, disappears into thin air. What's the lesson here? Well, it's about mentorship and finding yourself what I call a safe confessor. We all need someone we can confide in and has the knowledge or perspective to help you out of moments when you think you're going to go mad. When looking for this mentor come confessor, I recommend that you ideally find someone outside of your organization to ensure that there's no conflict of interest. And the second most important action, whether that person is in the organization or not, is to contract the relationship. Have mutual agreement on every aspect, from how frequently you will meet, what each respective party wants to see coming out of the relationship, and what to do if either person wants to discontinue the journey. Before you get swept along by the idea of having a mentor, read up on what it takes for this to be a beneficial relationship. Otherwise, you may find your smiling Cheshire cat 
disappearing before your very eyes. I would like to share two final snippets from Wonderland. One is about women finding their rightful place at the boardroom tables of business, and the other is about women giving women a hand up the ladder. Let's first go to the boardroom table. Following the Cheshire Cat's directions, Alice eventually arrives at the tea party, attended by the rabbit, a mad hatter, and the mouse. Remember the little mouse? There's space around the table, but when Alice tries to take a seat and join in the tea, she's treated very rudely by all three, and she's told quite directly that she's not welcome at the table. Another interesting dimension is that she's told that they've wronged time and are trapped in a perpetual tea time. What an interesting concept. I believe that we are mid-stride in a global reset, driven by an understanding of the penalty for a lack of diversity at the top rung of the ladder. For women to have a seat at the table, organizations need to ensure that the pipeline is filled from the very start. That is, ensuring that women step up onto the ladder in the first place and are then supported with measurable, process-driven strategies all the way up. Being an only woman at the table is not a compliment. It is alienating and exclusionary. Not embracing the shift now will be tantamount to being stuck in a pastime rather than celebrating with a tea party. The story culminates with Alice finally entering the secret garden and meeting the Queen of Hearts who is playing a strange game of croquet. I won't go into the details because there is evidently much greater sensitivity about cruelty to animals today than there evidently was in 1865. There are guest appearances by most of the characters she's met along the way, including her mentor, the Cheshire Cat, who the king tries to behead without any luck because the Cheshire Cat floats off once again. Long story short, when Alice first arrives in the garden, she's favoured by the queen. But as a result of politics and rumour, this soon shifts to Alice being found guilty because of her defence of the underdogs in the garden and the Queen now instructing that Alice's head must be cut off. As with all dreams that become nightmares, Alice fortunately wakes up, with a bit of a jolt, to find herself lying on her sister's lap. I'm sure you can see just how much material there is here. One line of discussion is the phenomenon of the Queen Bee Syndrome. This is a more recent manifestation where a woman that has broken through the glass ceiling, instead of reaching down to encourage a fellow woman up, makes the decision to rule the hive. But Alice's experience goes on to highlight the dangers of corporate politicking, the fragility of favoritism, and the importance of contracting. I could quite easily dive into many more analogies, but I think this tale has served its purpose and illustrated my motivation for you to tap into the power of storytelling. In closing, I'd like to share three timeless Alice in Wonderland quotes. The first is, It's no use going back to yesterday because I was a different person then. 
we're all in a state of evolution. Holding on to how things were done yesterday will find you stuck in your tea time. Focus on what you are now and what you can do with that into the future. The second quote is, it takes all the running you can do to keep in the same place. If you want to get somewhere else, you must run at least twice as fast as that. For me, this quote is about moving forward. And should you fall or fail, your only focus should be on how quickly you can get up again and keep on running. And my final favorite brings me back to what this podcast was all about. One of Alice's thoughts that she shares is, what is the use of a book without pictures or conversation? My challenge to you is to tap into your stories and tune into the stories being told around you to make your messages land more soundly and to create engaging conversations. Thank you for listening to my story. Please pass it on to someone that may enjoy it and I hope to have your ear for the next episode. Please visit my newly refreshed website, theartofthesuit.com and get in touch to let me know what interests you and how else I can help you build your brand. Do good. Be great. Be great.